0: KMTT key mitzion tzei Torah and today is Monday regular share of Harav Moshe Tarigan about Tefillah Harav Tarigan the previous share on Tefillah assessed the various contributions of the Avos Tefillah the fact that it lends a human voice human spontaneity, spirit, and creativity to tefillah, which may otherwise have been seen as methodical or, or mechanical based on the sole precedent of Korbanos. And the previous year also addressed the baseline of tefillah, which Avraham instituted. Ein amida el tfila, a non-verbal, spatial relationship with the Kedush Baruch Of course, our Tfilos include texts in communication, but the feature of tefillah which Abraham installed or distilled has less to do with the actual words spoken or the agenda of tefillah, and more to do with the ex- with the encounter with Hakadosh Hu, which tefillah mediates and enables. As Rabbi Ezra told his talmidim, the ulif name omdim to recognize the presence, to try to focus upon that presence that rendezvous, and keep that awareness intact as long as possible during tvila. The second tefillah, Tvila Smincha, was instituted by Yitzchak. And here as well, the verb, or in this case not the verb, but well, that's actually it's a verb, the, the term the Torah employs to describe Yitzchak's tefillah, as well as the setting and timing of Yitzchak's tefillah, is crucial. The pasuk in the end of Chayesara recounts the first meeting, the debut of Yitzchak and Rivka, Rivka having been requested or solicited by Eliezer, even Avram. She sees him davening. <speaking in Hebrew> Chazal typically, see this pasuk as sort of convincing Rifka of Yitzchak's merit, of his virtue, of his saintliness, of spirituality because of his davening. Typically a person can be judged, his spiritual self can be judged by the manner in which they daven. It's a compass to general spiritual awareness. But the Pasak immediately prior teaches us where Yitzchak daven and how he daven. Vayetze Yitzchak lasuach basadeh lifnos arev va'isayna vayar v'hineh Malim ba'im. Yitzchak Davins in the field, Latzuach Basada. Of course, as he Davins, he notices that Rivka is arriving. The Gemara, in Brachos Davchavav, Rashi in his commentary to the Torah quotes this Gemara. Ein Sicha Ela tfila. The term Sicha refers to Tvila Shenemar. Tfila, shen tfila Le'aniki atov lefne Hashem Yishbuch Sichar. Basokin Tehilim Kuvbet Paira actually the first Pasuk. What aspect of Tfila does the term siach, or sicha, lasuach, best capture? Well, the term sicha, especially in the context of the Gemara, excuse me, of the Pasuk in Tehillah, means conversation. Azal tell us to pay attention to the behavior of Tamid chachamim, not only to the actual Torah they deliver, but even common talk, or daily intercourse, between Tamid chachamim possesses nuggets of value, of, of guidance. Ein Sicha el HaTefila. There's an interesting Gemara that sort of captures the Sicha element in Tfila. The Gemara Navoda Zara. Daf the Gemara The Avodah is commenting on a seeming contradiction. The pasuk I mentioned earlier in Tehillim Kuv Beis mentions Sicha as the conclusion, almost, of davening. Tvila Le'ani Ki Initially, the ani daven's whether that ani is an actual ani or a dependent, an individual who acknowledges his dependence on God. He offers a Tvila, Yatov means he literally hoods himself in a talis to daven ta in the second part of that pasuk, the second clause, V'l'f'nei HaShem he pours his siach. So this pasuk establishes some sort of contrast between the word tefillah and the word siach. A similar pasuk, also describing two different types of tefillah, one of which is siach, another one of which is a different term, but it prioritizes or, or it has siach as the precedent rather than the conclusion. pasuk in Tehillim Kuf Mem Gimel Eshpoch lefanav sikhi, the same notion of being siach, I'm pouring out my conversation. Sarasi, my worries, lefanav agir, I will speak or recount in front of a Kurish. barak. So the Gemara Navodah Zara quotes an interesting machlokis between Rabbi Le'ez and Rabbi Joshua. recognizing, as each does, both Rabbi Le'ez and Rabbi Joshua, that there are two forms of tvi'la. One form is called siach, both in Tehillim Kuf Beis, Lepnei Hashem Sicho and in Tehillim Kuf Mem Gimol, Eshpach Lephanav The other form of Tfilah is either called Tfilah or Tsarati. In Tehillim Kuf Beis it's called Tfilah, in Tehillim Kuf Mem Gimol, Tzarati Lephanav Agid. What's the proper sequence for davening? The says, Shoel Adam Tzrahav, Fiyacharkach First a person lodges requests. Makashos, And then only afterwards can he perform or present his siyach. and he focuses on the pasuk of Tehillim Kufbeis. Lani Kiata. First comes Tfilah, requests, solicitations, petitioning. And then only secondarily or subsequently Lepnei Yishvach Rabbi Yeshua pivots the sequence of Tfilah on the model of Tehillim Kufbeim Gimbal. Yitpalel First, you should offer your siach, and only afterwards yish altsrachav, and only afterwards do you have the right to large requests of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So it's an interesting machlokis. but each is acknowledging a form of tefillah captured by the term siach and different from bakasha, different from asking for a specific need or praying for a particular agenda. Siach is literally a conversation. When a person asks a request from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he obviously is involved in communication. But that wouldn't be called conversation. Conversation is more casual, more informal, less pointed, less targeted, less telescopic. Bakash HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asked for refua, for parnasah, atachaneh adam das. Conversation is more stream of consciousness. Sharing your emotional state with a Kurdish baruch, Hu, interacting like a friendly conversation between people that has no particular roadmap or course but just undulates based on the dynamic of the conversation. Yitzchak's Tvila or Yitzchak's contribution to Tvila is a very subtle one but an important one. Tvila is not only the formalized Shevach, Bakasha, hoda, mentioning Beis Hamikdash. Tvila is an opportunity to share conversations, so to speak, with God, to talk with the Karish Baruch Hu, and not just to talk with the aim of acquiring or accomplishing or soliciting God, just to talk. It's notable that Yitzchak's Tefillah is anchored to the Sada, that's where it occurs, Vayetze Yitzchak. La suach basada." And this anchoring to the sun is not merely indicated by the location, but even by the verb itself, because the word "la is a play on words. It means to speak, to have conversation. It also is an allusion or reference to foliage or grass, base. So it's that delicious double entendre, but each usage of the term. Connotes the field, and in this case, the field isn't merely an agricultural reality, but the setting is one of industry and work. Yitzchak is the only farmer amongst the three of us. Avram and Yaakov were shepherds because they were nomads. Shepherds take from the land; they don't have the permanence to give back to the land, to plan, to establish permanence. They roam from mountain to mountain, grazing on whatever mountain still possesses foodstuffs it herd. Yitzchak is the only farmer, he's a man of the field, and this industriousness and work ethic in Yitzchak, or his comfort in the field of agriculture or in those days the field of industry which effectively was identical, is evidenced by his one could call it infatuation or affection for Esav. Esav is also described as an Ish So there's something very deep and visceral about Esau that spoke to Yitzchak, and that's in part why he was attracted to Asaph His tefillah, tefillah in the morning, precedes the day. One could call it a tefillah of hope. The day is yet to begin. There's a surreal nature. It's unre- you're, you're not part of reality yet. You're thinking about your day, the challenges, the fears, the hopes, the ambitions. Tefillah at night is a tefillah of gratitude for having accomplished satisfaction, Frustration in the sense of recognizing human limits, MS Vemuna, instead of MS Vyatsiv, a person sort of loses some of his ambition, confidence, one could call it loses his moxie in a darkened world without the capacity to necessarily accomplish everything he set out to. There's a capitulation to Tfilos Marev, a capitulation that's a religious moment. But the common denominator between Shacharis and Marev is that these are Tfilos that are as it were, detached from reality. They bracket. They serve as the bookends to our daily experience. It's precisely why there's a value in davening at the break of dawn as the day begins and davening mirev as soon as dusk sort of settles to daven at the transition from day to evening or evening to day. Filas nestled within the work day. And that nestling within the work world is evidenced by this Pasuk, and to a degree it's almost a concession, that Tfilas Mincha will almost be infused with more of man's daily thoughts and activities than perhaps Shacharis and Marav will be. A conversation with akarish Baruch Hu admits and incorporates the full range of what possesses and obsesses the human mind. Very often in search of for a cleansing technique, to cleanse your mind and your heart of machshavos zaros, of things that pressure us and seemingly prevent us from kavana during davening. People are looking for that solution. How can I rid my mind and my heart? i worried about so many things, so many things concern me and confuse me. And if to rid my heart and my mind from those obsessions and thoughts so that I can daven. In many ways, this is hamstringing or defeating davening. Those thoughts should be incorporated into davening. A person who has a conversation with a friend, with a parent, with a peer, shares all of his or her vexations and consternations. And if tefillah is meant to be a less formal, in part, a less formal solicitation and just a conversation with a Kodesh Baruch Hu, then it too should incorporate at some level There are ample moments during tefillah to incorporate whatever anxieties press on us, assuming that they're meaningful anxieties, not trivial ones, but whatever anxieties are meaningful and substantive should somehow infiltrate our tvila and thereby enliven and impassion our tvila. And the lodging of tefillah within the workday, or in Yitzchak's case, within the sada, within the field, that lodging is not incidental. Sometimes it's counterproductive to ignore the issues on your mind, in search for the material, the mental material, the cognitive material, or cognitive baseline of davening, what you should be thinking during davening. Rather, incorporate all these issues. How can I best face my struggles? How can I best face my challenges and overcome whatever adverse situations I'm facing? And each in their own way should make it into that conversation with Akarish Kaddish Baruch It's interesting that Tfilas Mincha is the only Tfilah that has two options. Chakras has a certain time frame, of course, it's ideal to accelerate and perform as rapidly as possible. Zriza reason le mitzvot. Filas has one long time frame. The earlier the better, but there's little differentiation of two sub-categories. Whereas with Mincha, again, based on the scheduling of the Tamet Shalban there's an earlier period for Mincha, Mincha Gedola. Roughly, Roughly, again, these are not exact figures because halacha doesn't calculate hours in 60-minute swaths or trunks, but the hours are variable depending upon the length of day, but roughly six and a half hours after daybreak. And then mincha khtana, which is the optimal time for davening a little bit later. I think part of that is a recognition, again, it stems primarily from korbanos, but I think part of it may be a recognition of the fact that tefillah will inevitably occur during the work day. And the work day may not allow for commonly scheduled or universally scheduled minchas. Everyone can more or less wake up at the same time, Davin, and head out to work. And again, our modern world's a bit different, but at least conceptually, end their day without electricity. Everyone ends their day at the same time, more or less. And then daven myrav, but mincha, as it still is today, is is more closely correspondent to the variance of human work schedules. So there are different times for Mincha. Of course, Mincha Khtani, after the work has been completed, is the ideal time, based on it being a Shas zone, based on the actual time that the Karben Tamichel Ben Har was offered. And this is the reason that Tfilah is such an indicator of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because the person has a deep, thorough, durable, sustained relationship emotionally with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That relationship doesn't have to express itself in conversation, in constant conversation. You know Hashem is there. You act in accordance with that knowledge. But at any given moment, you are conversing with humans. You are contemplating non-divine ideas. You're thinking about a computer project. You're reading a book. You're studying a Tosvos. You're whatever you happen to be doing. But there's this recognition that HaKadosh Baruch is in the background. And that recognition... Animates your behavior, dictates the level of dignity and privacy you maintain. You're not going to showboat or, or act in anger or in rage because you try to sense HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. It's precisely why anger is deemed by Chazal as a form of Avodazara. Because every anger can only be precipitated by a momentary, if not extended, neglect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. And if your day is threaded with that sort of very, very general recognition of Hashem, and that recognition dictates your behavior, governs your behavior, then when you daven, you're not shifting into an emotional state or frame of mind. You're just merely focusing more directly on Hashem's presence and conversing with the Kurdish Baruch. One could imagine, for example, a person uses the Windows operating system, which most of us do. My apologies to all the non-Windows users. In Windows, you can open a program. If you don't want to utilize that program at that moment, you can minimize it so that you, you don't actually close the program. The program is still running, but it's running in the background. Then the next time you need to open the program, it takes a click or a quick you know, uh, uh, keyboard press, depression, alt tab, and then the program opens up more rapidly. Because the program has been running in the background. You don't have to then generate or dedicate the CPU energy, to not energy, but uh, the processor, in order to open up a new program. The same could be said with Tevila. A person who has that constant longing, recognition, awareness of Hashem, even if it isn't intense and fiery, because at any given moment he's applying himself to the mundane issue, important, but he's not just speaking to Akharish Baruch Hu every second. And when Tavila time comes, there's a focusing rather than a genesis. You're not generating something new, you're rather channeling. Say, a person sees their spouse at the end of a the day, there isn't awkward communication because you've been thinking about each other. Presumably, for much of the day, you've been thinking about where that person is and do you have to pick up the children? Does that person, when dinner time, is a coordination of schedules and of trajectories. And then... You see that person actually and you're not addressing something new. You're just intensifying or lending greater concentration or focus to an experience which was always underlying your identity. <coughs> That's precisely why Yitzchak is judged by his Tvila. Tefillah is that compass for religious sensibility. So this is the voice of Tvila which Yitzchak introduces, the voice of siach, the voice of conversation. Going back to that, Gemara and is an interesting question. Should conversation precede the formal solicitation? Seems very logical, from a certain perspective. You don't want your solicitation, I'll talk about this in Mirtasheim in a later share. You don't want to just, so to speak, pounce upon a Kurish baruch, Hu. it seems very artificial. But you first want to be- develop the baseline of a relationship, and then the solicitation and request should be a request which stems from intimacy and, and friendship and closeness and proximity. It's always more elegant to ask a favor from a friend than to ask a favor from someone you have no relationship with. It's, it's artificial, it's almost um, egotistical, whereas friendships requested from friends, or excuse me, favors requested from friends, are couched within the overall context of mutual um, mutual assistance and mutual affection. So in many ways, of Lieu's position... Um, uh, Rav position, actually, I, I confuse him. Rav position is perhaps a little less logical as Rav Yeshua's position, which seems at least initially more logical. Yispaaleh, he should first pour out his siha, and then he should request. Even that phrase, which repeats itself twice, if to pour, is a verb in this case, associated with siach, in both p'shokim, in Tehillim Kuf Be'ez, V'lefnei Hashem Yishpach Tehillim Kuf Mem Gimol, Lefanav to pour out your siach, to pour out your discussion, suggests a, almost first of all, copious conversations tend not to be bounded in a formal sense, but they run on until they've lost their material. And, even in our common vernacular, you pour your heart out. It, it, it's a, almost as if it's an inevitable, uncontrollable outlet of feelings, rather than a formal, premeditated request. When I request, I'm shoal. I think about what I want to say, what I need, how I mean to accomplish it, and I lodge my petition. Shvich HaSiyach means there's something so deeply that's vexing, that's exciting, that's elating me, in any one of the interhuman human emotions, and it almost comes out ineluctably. And Lieser feels that perhaps the Siach should succeed rather than proceed, bakasha. That there's a, almost, a relationship should be built more upon dependence and formality and recognizing the limits. One could say that Rabbi Yoshua's strategy of tefillah may be a bit too familiar, too comfortable. First, speaking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so so to speak, as a peer, and then launching your request, Rabbi Lazar says, perhaps begin with requests, which are, predicated upon dependency and vulnerability and then launch into a more familiar, comfortable posture with their bonus Shalom. But either way, they each recognize again this independent form of Tvila known as Sicha, a Tvila which clearly stems, of course, from David HaMelech's very impressive emotional outpouring in Tehillim. One could say that Shvichas Siyach is a good way to describe the entire book of Tehillim, not just Kuf Mem Gimel and Kuf Beis. You feel that David HaMelech has an almost uncontrollable urge to pour his heart out, to share with HaKadosh Baruch Hu a full range of different feelings, emotions, fears, hopes, dreams. But it stems from Yitzchak and it stems from the fact that it took place in the field. And it really also stems from the fact that we have no clue what Yitzchak's davening for. There's no topic for to Yitzchak's davening. Avram Davin's for the people of Stom. Again, his davening is recorded after Stom is destroyed, but presumably had something to do with his davening the day before so it was centered around a certain target as we'll see in a moment in Mitzvah Shem Yaakov's tefillah was similar but Yitzchak's tefillah there was no purpose so to speak other than just being with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. he wasn't davening for anything he wasn't under any crisis It weren't people to save uh, things particularly to accomplish by contrast in stark contrast Yaakov's tefillah really is pointed and targeted and this brings us to the third voice of tefillah the verb describing Yaakov's feel is taken from Braishis Khafchas, the beginning of Parsha's Vayatse. Yaakov is penniless, stalked by his murderous brother, alone, frightened, abandoned, and he's running. Vayevka Bamakom, interesting phrase, Vajevka Bamakom, a reference both to the location that he chanced upon, but also to some encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the makomo shel olam, HaShem lives beyond space, He is the space of the world, the world is within Him. Of course, we can't understand that, because we live in space ourselves. So, so he dabins at Mariv before he goes to sleep. The Gemarin Brachos, that seminal Gemarin Brachos, Tav chav Chavches, Yaakov Tikin Tefilah Zarvis, Shneamar, Vayifka vMakom makom en Shem, Vayim Pagiyah ala Tefilah. The verb describing Yaakov's tefillah is pagiyah. Vayivka. What is so connotive of this term? Why is this term so important? What is this at? I forgot off the cuff who said this. I think it was either Kierkegaard or Kafka. I think it was Kierkegaard One said, Prayer doesn't affect God. It only affects who you who prays. And indeed, there is a reflexive, almost cathartic element to tefillah person davens, there's a deeper level of contemplation, of meditation, of self-reflection and inflection, without question. But also without question, as strange as it seems to the human mind, HaKadosh Baruch Hu pre-programs in his world that a human being can alter HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. Hashem's will is determined by our behavior and primarily in a focused way by our davening. Hashem can adopt a Midas Hadin, and our davening can alter it into a Midas HaRachamim. Shofar, Allah Lokim Betrua, Hashem Mekol Shofar. The magic of the shofar is a form of davening to convert Midas Hadin, Lokim, into Hashem, Midas HaRachamim. This doesn't make sense to us, because Hashem would seemingly be unaffected by human prayer, but Hashem establishes that reality, and he expects us to participate in that dynamic. The word pigiah means to affect. Unfortunately, today in modern Hebrew, it's taken on a um, sinister meaning. Pigua means a terror incident. But in a terror incident, people are murdered. People are dramatically impacted. But in Tanakh, the word Pigia just means to convince, to persuade. When Avraham is looking for the chieftain of Hebron to persuade him to sell him a plot of land to bury his deceased wife in Breshas parakh Gimel, by the Beritam Lemar, Mieshet Nafshechem Likbarat, Me Fanai, he asks the people of Chevron, Shmoni, listen to my request, Ufig Uli, the Ephron ben Salchar and arrange a meeting. Avram describes the meeting as Ufig because he helps to convince Ephron ben Sochar. And this meeting is the instrument by which he will convince, it will facilitate that persuasion. So he employs the term ufigu pe Pegimol ayin. Make that connection so that I can be pogeah. In a non military way, but in a verbal way, I can convince Ephron to sell me the land. When Ruth, in Perak Aleph, pleads with Naomi, her mother in law, not to dissuade her from returning, she has successfully dissuaded Arpa. Ruth is committed to remaining with Naomi. Do not continue to convince or compel me. Yaakov tries, and he succeeds in altering Hashem's Ratzan. Again, we don't know Hashem's Ratzan, but from Yaakov's perspective, he had no hope, as this evening began. He had no reason to hope. And he davens to Hashem, and he had a dream, and Hashem offers him a guarantee, and He offers him malachim, and Yaakov awakens to a different reality. Yaakov changes his reality through his tefillah. It's precisely why the term Vayivka is employed. Hashem arranges, pre-programs our reality as one in which our tefillahs will impact him. Again, it's a concept the human mind can't grasp. That's why so many thinkers convert a tefillah into a solely reflexive, cathartic opportunity. But it isn't. We are changing Hashem's ratzon. Sometimes Hashem says yes, sometimes Hashem says no, sometimes we don't understand Hashem's answer, sometimes we think a yes is a no, can't get a full sweep of the future. But either way, we're involved, and it's almost militant. Interestingly enough, there's a second moment in Yaakov's career which incorporates an aggressive, assertive, sort of position-changing form of tefillah, changing Hashem's position so to speak, with big quotes around position whatever that means, say, changing Hashem's ratzel when Yaakov battles the people of Shrem in this case in the episode in Parshas Vayishlach surrounding the rape of Dina so he succeeds in this military encounter and in Parshas Vayichi, he awards Shechem to his beloved son Yosef and he refers to Shechem as the city or the location which he acquired, Biharbi uvekashdi, with my sword and with my bow and arrow. And he awards this parcel of land. Yaakov Avinu says, Vani, I award you, Yosef, with an extra portion. Shchem means the city, but it's double entendre. Yeah an extra portion you would carry on your shoulders, that you would carry on your back. Asher lakachti miad ha which I acquired from the emari, bacharbi uvekashti with my sword and my bow and arrow. And the madrash asks, if the madrash uncle already records this madrash, vachit bacharbo, vakashto lacha, did he really succeed in acquiring it? He could really fend off the entire city by himself with his bow and arrow and his sword. El alamu lacha, harbi zu tefila bakashasi zu Harvi and Bakasha each refer to a form of tefillah, different forms of tefillah. but similar in the fact that this is these are very glaring, graphic, military terms to describe tefillah. The uvakashti, a sword and a bow and arrow, are forms of tefillah. Tvila is a military campaign, kivayachal, so to speak. Of course, kivayachal, you're going to war in Tvila with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, trying to convince him, trying to assert and change and effect. Yaakov describes the war with the Amori, but basically it's a, it's a campaign to change Hashem's Ratzel, a campaign Hashem desires and covets, but nonetheless, a campaign. And these are two moments in Yaakov's life, each moments of vulnerability. Avram and Yitzchak didn't daven in moments of vulnerability. Avram had, Nothing at stake on a personal level, and even nothing at stake at a global level, because Dome had already been eliminated when his field is recorded, and Yitzchak is just davening amidst the field. Presumably, there was something they asked from Akarich Baruchu, but there's very little that they intended to change. It was communication, it was proximity, interaction, intimacy. Both in Vayetze at a personal level, and Vayishlach and a family, familial level, tribal level, Yaakov is under duress, Yaakov is underconfident. In Vayetze, he's underconfident because he has nothing. In Vayishlach, it's because his enemies are amassed so favored against him, so heavily tilted against him, and he feels perhaps he's um, used or, or spent some of his sechuyos, katanti mikola chasadim. Either way, he davens in almost a military fashion, trying to change Hashem's ratzam. This is an extremely important concept of tefillah, which very often is distorted. We can't change Hashem's Ratzon. Hashem desires, Hashem invites, Hashem asks Moshe to daven for Am Yisrael in Parshas Kitisa after the debacle of the ego, because Hashem wants Moshe to dissuade him from annihilating Am Yisrael. Truth is, ironically, there's a Lushan of Tefillah, a third Lashon of Tefillah, or in this case, a fourth Lushan of Tefillah, which also implies this impact upon HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's recorded about Yitzchak's tefillah. In the beginning, of parsh Toldos, told us Yitzchak and Rivka are barren and Yitzchak cannot take a second wife. He doesn't have that option for all sorts of reasons. Pasukhaf Aleph and Vayetar Yitzchak Ishto The Gemara in Yevamos interprets the word Vayetar as a form of tvila. Uncle says, Vetzali, why is Vayetar a form of tefillah? An, an etar ayin taf resh is a spade or a shovel. So the Gemara in Yevamos Samachdalit says ma atar zem hapechatvor mimakom a shovel or a pitchfork turns the grain, the wheat, the ground, turns it inside out, reverses it, impacts it, tills it. Kach shel midosav shel Similarly, the tefilah of a impacts and alters the Ratsan of Hashem, mimidas from anger, lamidas to mercy and compassion. Literally, the impact on Hashem, which is implied by Vaif Gaba Makom, in the case of Yaakov, or by the phrase, bacharbi uvekashti, describing Yaakov's tefillah, in the encounter with Shem. So ironically, Yitzchak of all the Yehavals, is the one Av who has two different forms of tefillah. There's a form of tefillah captured by the term siach. And there's a second form of tefillah when he really is under duress, barren, sterile, and he and Rivka Davin together, T'akarish Baruch shoveling their way, so to speak, impacting Hashem and soliciting Hashem's rachamim and receiving two children.